Welcome listeners to the Out There Business Podcast. In this podcast, you will hear interviews from business owners and founders discussing their successes, failures, and any key tips and advice they have in their sector of work. You will also hear personal development, mindset, and business advice to keep you and your business thriving. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. So welcome Andy to the Out There Business Podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's great to have a video production company on this podcast because it's the way the world is sort of revolving now with communication, video and social media. It's just the way everything is going. So it's going to be great for the listeners to get a few key tips on video creation and the whole aspect around video production, a bit about yourself. So if you could tell us a sort of a little bit about the company and yourself, that'd be great. We can get straight in. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a video producer, Yeah. Uh, which is slightly different to a video cameraman. I'm actually yeah. the guy that puts the videos together rather than the guy that might turn up with the camera. Yes. So that's something that I've actually grown into. Yeah. Um, the company's been going a long time. Yeah. Um, 20 years. Actually established in October 1999, so quite a you know long established company. But uh, I think it's important you know that I've evolved every year. It's not the same company. Yeah. And uh, the reason for that is as you've identified, you know, um, technology, technology, and yeah. my clients and the audience has changed. Mm-hmm. So we've evolved. Yeah. It's just the way things are going. That's right. And it's rapidly evolving every single day basically it's it's ridiculous isn't it yeah. you know if you thought about maybe five maybe ten years ago you know you could make um videos now on your phone yeah you know and it's accessible to everybody yeah you know you won't you won't believe it no and it's not just about you know the phone itself but the quality mm. and then where you can post videos and how you can share the videos yeah. and all those kind of things yeah. it's been a while to be honest for me yeah. to wait for the world to catch up yeah but yeah. i'm glad it has yeah <laughs> And I can remember quite a while that when we had a session, um, we had like a one-to-one, and you were talking about how you frame yourself and how different frames, yeah, um, and how sort of like the persuasion over the the message, what you're trying to get over. Could you describe a little bit about that? So yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember that that session, and I think a lot of my job is actually educating people yes, about yeah. what's what you can do, you yeah. know, on on camera. People have got this phobia and they're about. You know, they're scared. They're scared about cameras, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I was, though. I, I got over it, thank God. Yeah, but, and you do. And that's yes, the, I think yeah. that's the point. So yeah. when you, the word that you use, like, you know, persuasive, I suppose I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, it's allowing people to be themselves, you know, mm. on, on camera. And I think we all struggle to, yeah. to be that because we don't know often how we project. Yeah. And a lot of my job is to do that. Yes. Whether you're an SME, you know, right through to you know big corporates, CEOs, it's the same thing, it's that human element. When you look back at it and you think, you know, I'm scared of, of a camera, and you look at it that it's a piece of glass and something that you hold in your hand, mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, a bit more sophisticated, you think, well, why am I scared of that? It's not the camera. They're actually scared of what people might think of them. Yeah. The camera's just a tool, it's just capturing them. But yes. they're worried about how they might come across a lot of people, especially now, they're worried about criticism. Yes, that, I think that's the main thing. Like I, I personally was. And it sort of, for me, it was like a, an ego thing. Like I didn't sort of, because I didn't know how to do it, I was scared to sort of look a bit daft. Right. But then 
once I get over that fear, my friends and everyone around me actually loved that anyway. Yeah. And it was just in my mind that my friends and people around me was going to have these thoughts about me doing these videos. And it wasn't that in the end. They, they loved it. They're getting yeah. things from it. And that yeah. was what I was scared for doing. I was scared of getting in front of a camera and maybe making myself look a bit of a, an idiot in a way because I was new to it. Yeah. And once I did a few, I got the confidence up and I just thought, stuff it, they're going on social media. I did that and then my friends were messaging me saying, oh God, love that video and I was, it's such a relief and it gives you so much more of a, just reassurance of yourself as well. It does and I think you've got to, you've got to do it, you've got to break through. Yes, yeah. And then to a point you've got to take it on the chin and, and yeah. wait, you know, whether it be, you know, your colleagues or your family to give their feedback. Yeah. I, I like it actually when I get criticised. I like yes, it when I make, because yeah. I make a lot of videos, as you know, yeah. and I like it when it, it promotes conversation, because I think that's the purpose of social media. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than just people saying, great video, mm -hmm. well, that's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's a given. Yes, but yeah. what I want them to comment on the content. Yeah. Now, that is the barrier, really. It's not just the visual thing about people going, oh, well, what are people going to mm -hmm. say about how I look? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a big nose, yeah. you've got a big nose. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. the camera's not going to hide it. No, no. Get over it. Yeah, you know, it's it. nothing to do with that. No. <clears throat> Same like with accents and you know, yeah. we're going to say. Yes. Yeah. Concentrate more about engagement. Yeah. You know that you want to be not entertaining, but you want to in, you want to hold hold people's attention. Yeah. And that's yeah. really what you should be concentrated on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you'd have asked my wife probably like five years ago, can he cook? She said, No, he can't cook. And then I thought, mm, I'm going to take that on as a challenge. Yeah. I'm a very good cook. If anything, I'm probably the best cooking house now because I've <laughs> yeah. learned how to do it. Yeah. And it's a process. Yes. And you open a book and you read a menu and you know an instruction and it tells you which pan to use and how long to boil a kettle and mm -hmm. blah, 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 and all those kind of things. It's the same process. Yeah. Once you understand how to do anything, you just apply it. So when it comes to video, you, you break it down into a structure. Mm. So you, you decide really on its duration. Now, the length is really important, especially on social media. People will not watch a five-minute video, no. unless they know that it's going to be a five-minute long piece and, and they will set aside time for it. So like a training video, yeah. you, would, you would spend five minutes watching that. But for a social video, they tend to be a lot, lot shorter. Mm -hmm. So let's use like 60 seconds as an example. A sub 60 second video is usually about the right kind of length, if that suits your audience. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Mm -hmm. It's all about the audience, not about you. You know, how long is that guy going to be um, on his phone? Where is it? Is he going to engage with it? You've got to appeal within that split second, well, four seconds, yeah. to grab his attention. Yeah. So the structure, usually, as I try to explain to people, is always start with a question. So ask, ask the audience a question. So imagine that guy's looking, he's watching your video on his phone. He might, you don't know where he is, and there's no way you're going to know where he is. What he's not doing is concentrating on you. He's yeah. concentrating on himself. So at first, ask him a question. If he engages with that question, say it's a yes, no. You know, are you looking for a new car? Either is or isn't. Yeah. And if it's yes, he'll stay. Yeah. And he'll learn more about that video. If no, he'll move on. And that's really simplicity. You engage immediately. Then you should really very briefly introduce yourself, you know, like who you are and what you do. That could take five seconds, but at least it gives almost like an authority and to a point a consistency later when you're making other videos. Mm -hmm. See it as a sandwich. Jump right to the end, the end of what we call a 
call to action, a CTA. It's what you want people to do at the end of the video. You don't want people just to watch it and go, oh, that were nice. Mm. You want to ask them, you want to invite them to do something, what they call an action. So you start with a question and you end almost like with another question, you know, what would you like? Would you like more? Would you like to book on? Would you like me to arrange a meeting or whatever? Ask another question. And then mm. in between, it's a very short period of time, but that's enough to tell people really what you do and how people have benefited from, say, like your services. Yeah. Um, but keep it short. Yeah. Why would you tell everything in a, in a video? Because if you did, if I learned everything about you in a video, why would I ring you? Yeah. So use it, use it like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's sort of like baking a cake. You won't just get all your mixture before you mix it together and put it in the oven. No. You break it down, put it yeah. in steps, and that's yeah. just the exact same. Yeah, and exactly. And the cake, you know, cake's a great, great parallel. If it, if it doesn't work out, yeah, it didn't work out, and yeah. you do it again, yeah. you're still hungry. Yes, yeah, yeah. You're right? Yeah. You, you do it again, yeah. and you learn from it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way. Definitely, definitely. So you've been doing it 20 years. Yeah. What was you doing before this, or what have you always been sort of intrigued with it or have you been in a different line of work and then got into it I've always been a creative yeah and I think I went to college start the journey answering your question the journey starts at college mm -hmm. so I went to college at 16 and I stood I studied audiovisual design so audiovisual de design back in the day was film mm -hmm. video were just coming about but you learn all about sound and cameras and photography and things like that. So I actually studied that for four years and that really was always going to be my job. I always wanted to be a cameraman. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the path. Hollywood, something like that. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> well, I'd have been happy just working in yeah, Leeds for yeah. YTV. Yeah, yeah. But the, I think the point was that then, back in the day, it was completely different. Yeah. You, were, you were a small cog in a massive organisation. Yeah. And everybody wanted to work for like these TV companies and stuff like that. Not not films, but that's what I wanted to do. But then I've always been good at drawing, and I became a graphic designer, and I became an illustrator. Actually, I could draw. I could draw really well. And um, you've got to remember that it's a different world. I mean, you're a young guy, and after this, I'm not sure you'll understand what I mean. But you know, you imagine if you were if you needed um, if you're working for an agency. So I cut my teeth, you know, working for like advertising agencies. Mm -hmm. If you needed a picture of a man in a pink shirt, now you just take a picture. But back in the day, you'd have to draw it. Draw, yeah, so you yeah, draw yeah, a guy yeah. in a pink shirt. So you'd have a marker pen, yeah. a pink marker pen, <laughs> and you'd draw it. You'd present that as an yes, idea. Yeah. That idea then would be okayed. At that point, then you'd bring in a photographer to take that shot. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot long-winded. Long yeah. But I did that. So graphic design um, for a long, long time. I then fell into a really nice job, which is probably the best job I've ever had, when I was a magazine editor. So I had this opportunity to start from scratch, literally from a blank piece of paper, a magazine. Mm -hmm. So I did that for just shy of two years. What magazine was it? It was called Brass. Right. So you've probably never heard of it. Mm -hmm. um, because, in truth, you were never the, um, the yeah. catchment. No, no, no. No, so it was for the craving. Yes, yeah. There were a massive migration, and there always, there always has been. Probably not as much now, but... People were leaving the north and moving down to London. Yeah. So they were following this, you know, yellow brick road. And the idea of, of the magazine was to draw people back up north. Now, this is really when Leeds and Manchester and Newcastle and they were in their infancy as far as 
being like hubs, you know, of creative uh, industries. So it were in them early days, but it were a great job because everybody wants to be part of a magazine. Mm. And I always had a free yeah. license, it were brilliant. Yeah. But it opened my eyes then to other things. I bet they were massive back in that. Yeah, like, yeah. Now it's just like social media and other bits, but magazines back then, I bet that was the social media. Like. Yeah, it was. And, and people were desperate to get their articles mm. in there. Mm. So it allowed me to work for Sony, I worked for PlayStation, we did Apple adverts, massive companies that, yeah. that came that wanted to contribute. You know, like we interviewed Fred Dimner and famous like desi um, designers and directors and people like that. Mm. All really good content. Mm. The problem with any magazine, it's got to it's got to earn its way. Yeah, and it wasn't attracting enough advertising. Mm. But the, you know, the, the owner credit to him. You know, he, he tried it and it, and it was a success for a yes, short period yeah. of time. But I then went back to my old job for about four or five months. Uh, but I'd already seen a, a different world and I'd worked with different people. And I had a, a colleague called Dave, Dave Roberts, and he said, why don't you work for yourself? And I said, yeah, but I don't want to give up my fancy black car. And, <laughs> That's it. And the BMW and, yeah. and my nice suits and all that kind of stuff. And, and it sounds really silly now, but... And it's embarrassing, but I think I created almost like a status. Yeah. And I were a bit reluctant to give that give that up and, and start again. Exactly. I know exactly yeah. what I mean. So I started, well, I got found out, actually. Yeah. I got found out because I was working for myself at the same time as working for this guy. Yeah. And uh, he challenged me and said, right, you know, you've got to make a decision. And I made it. And I yeah. moved the following day. I started up my own company officially. Yeah. Uh, Bought a Golf GTI and uh, went for it. <laughs> went for it. Yeah. What was it called? What the company? Yeah. Uh, Legus. Legus. Yeah, yeah. So, which Legus. is still the company now. Yes. Yeah. So, Legus. Yeah. Perfect. So that's been going twenty years, like yeah. So. Yeah. What's the biggest hurdle that you faced while being at the company Legus? What's, what's uh, yeah. And how, what's the biggest things you faced, and how have you overcome? I think I'm very guilty of being. Um, too early with my ideas. Right. I remember doing a talk in 2002 in Castleford, you know, the, um, the, uh, where you can go skiing, the indoor yes, skiing yeah, place. Escape. Yeah, escape, yeah. 2002, and I've got it on video, and I'm stood in front of an audience of about 40, 50 people talking about video, and our video is going to be on screens and on phones and stuff like that because I'd researched it in America, mm -hmm. and everybody was looking at me thinking, I'm off my head. <laughs> think what is he talking about and this is like four years before youtube yeah so you had players what yeah. you know like windows media player real players and all these kind of content players very very complicated and we were doing cd roms and dvds and old vhs tapes and all this kind of weird stuff that i saw the vision of that it were all going to change mm. and gone were the days where you know we'd watch videos as a group you remember them training days where they used to wheel out a massive telly? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no one could ever use yeah, it. Yeah, like at school. Yeah, exactly that. Didn't have any use in ours. No, well, and they'd press a button and eventually it'd work. Yeah. Well, I remember them times and seeing those videos, them health and safety videos, yes, and thinking, yeah. I'd like to do that. But realising then that the audience was changing. So then the audience became, rather than a group, it became as one individual, didn't it? Mm. That now watches a video on, on your phone. Mm. And I knew that, and but I was way too early. Mm. So I started up a secondary company, and which cost me a lot of money. 
I employed a lot of people again, which cost me a lot of money. And, and in hindsight, in 2006, that was a mistake. Uh, so I, I learned a lot from that. I, I mean, I'm guilty of almost like I'm not happy just struggling sitting here. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, I want yeah. to do other things. Yes, it's yeah. not enough for me to do my job. Mm. So I was thinking about, you know, uh, making videos interactive and dropping in annotations way before others were doing it. Mm. You know, all this thing now where people come to me and say, oh, you need to be telling stories. God, I've been doing that for 30 years. Yes, yeah. You know, so I'm not saying there's not enough, there's more to learn, yes, but yeah. we've, we've actually, we've done a lot to get to where we are. Yeah. So it's more like a timing thing. Yeah. You're always a bit too early. Yeah. And probably didn't have the resources to more get it straight out. Yeah, yeah. And I found it really people. frustrating that people didn't understand what I was saying. Yes. And, yeah. and not literally not getting it. You know, mm. you, you can make a video and people, the, the clash with the video is people watch videos. So, you you know, last night you were probably watching mm. some TV, you know, with, with, with your partner and you would just be watching it because it's entertaining you. Mm. You won't see the shots and the scripting and the lighting and the quality, all that. You, you don't because you're watching it as a, as a viewer. Turn it round and imagine if you had to make that production. You'd be yeah. very interested in the yes, scripts yeah, and the yeah. message. Yeah. And that's what I've struggled with over the years, to actually educate people about how videos put together. Yeah. It's not something that you watch, it's something that you make. Yeah, yeah. Well, just by walking around the studio, just open my eyes up to what actually goes into just making a video. And it's so much more than, when you just, you run through a scenario, of like a bathroom scenario, yeah. and you actually made that bathroom and, shot that shot and it'll probably maybe a, a three minute shot but behind that took yeah hours and hours maybe days yeah. probably days it took two joiners three days to build that set yeah we got in a, a guy that actually on camera tiled it and tanked it we then got in an actor that um you know she was the actor to be the the woman in the shower but you can imagine that call when i when i rang up the agency so i, I need a, a woman to you know put a shower shot yeah. And they all they all went worry and I were very specific that I needed from shoulder up and shin down. So she were fully clothed. Yeah. So yeah. but in your head, yeah. So you know what we do in showers and we, we know. So you show <laughs> a little bit of soap and yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yes, yeah, yeah. So what's what's the you're always sort of a bit of a head as you've been after as you've come through. So what's the sort of the next step for you now? As a business, what's what's what have you got in the pipeline? What are you thinking? I think I want to have more stability. I think financial stability. I think that's something that's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all guilty as creatives that we're happy just to be working. Yeah. That's not really enough now for me. No, no. Um, you know, again, putting egos aside, which I hope I did, you know, four or five years ago. It's difficult when you're talking about you as a brand. Yeah. You know, actually talking about Andy, I talk about that Andy rather than this yes, Andy. Yeah. And uh, that helps me, you know, conveying, because people buy into me now. They buy into my skill set and stuff like that. But I'm looking more for stability, financial stability. Mm. Um, projects come and go. That's just the nature of the job. But that roller coaster of any business is hard, hard to ride, isn't it? So yeah. if I could do, if I could do more to apply myself from a financial point of view, that's, that's my goal. Stability. Yeah. Sort of financial st stability. Yeah. What's what would you give, so say, a business just starting out as a video production company? 
Or any any company for that matter. What what key tip would you give them? Would is it patience? What what would you say to patience is a good opener. I suppose yes, you have to be patient. You, yes. you, you like I said earlier, you do things and you people you think people are going to respond, and when they don't, you can go on a little bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. I think the key to it is understanding your value. Yeah. And and when I say value, you know, you, we've all got skills. Yeah. You know, I, I know I know enough. T- I could ask you a question and I know your line of business mm-hmm. and you would answer me and yeah. you would give me your experience and, and, your, the, the, and a quality answer. When people ask me, you know, which I'm happy to do, that's, that's all good and well, but a new guy, he might be giving too much away. And I think you have to understand your value, that what, as soon as you open your mouth, there's a value to that. And whatever you do, put an hourly rate on it. You know, mm-hmm. if I said to a young guy, and I've done this, I've had guys on placements or guys that said, oh, can you help me and will you mentor me? And you say, well, how much would you charge me to make a video? Me and Alex making a video. And they'd say, oh, I don't know. Well, you should know. Yeah. So you say, well, how long is it going to take? I don't know. Right, okay, well, let's look at it this way. How much would you charge me per hour? Usually, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you break it down. Right, how much is your lunch going to be? Five pound. Right, so you need to earn at least five pound today. What about if I you charge me ten pound an hour? That's seventy pound a day. Ah, right, see what you mean. Yeah. Just wait for till we wait for this guy to go past. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's understanding your value. Once you understand your value, let's stick at ten pound an hour. When someone asks you to do something and you know it's going to take seven hours, yeah. the value of that is seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. Simple maths. Mm-hmm. The mistake that we all make, and I've done it myself, is. You do an hourly rate, you set aside seven hours, but it takes you 21. Yeah. And it's three times as much. Mm-hmm. And you've only earned three quid. And you could be doing that folding jumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what's the most important thing you've learned throughout this sort of journey so far? I think you've got to be nice. nice. Yeah. Somebody once told me that I'd never be a success in business because I was too nice. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I didn't really understand at the time yeah. what it meant. Yes. You don't have to be, you know, a swine yeah. Yeah. To, to run a business. No. I understand some people's thinking, but there's, there's that. I think you've got to be yourself. Mm. You know, be honest and, and be that. And then it makes it a lot easier then. I think you've got to be transparent. I think that's another yes. thing. You yeah. know, when people like, you can check me out within minutes yeah. online. Yeah. I could tell you that I, yes. you know, I've, I've done, I've worked abroad. Yeah. Really? Check. No, <laughs> yeah. Social media. Yeah. So it's things like that. So yeah. I, that's that's something that I would probably strengthen mm-hmm. and, and, and stick to. Mm. Yeah. What's your biggest inspirations and what keeps you going? So why, sort of why, you, you could probably go to maybe a corporate company or something now and maybe earn maybe a bit more, I don't know. So what, what keeps you striving? What's your inspiration of keep going, like basically? I like being my own man. Yeah. I don't think I'm employable anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I've almost like taken myself out of marketplace. Yeah. Um, there are certain draws, financial draws and stability, I suppose. You know, wouldn't it be great? I haven't, yeah. I haven't had a salary for 20 years. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what it means to actually get, you know, yeah. the same money. I don't every, know. I don't understand that anymore. Week, I try to explain. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that. But you know, you have very lows and you have very highs, and the highs, you know, you 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 make that run and you make that spread out and yeah. all those kind of things. But 
Um, it, it, it's a it's a tough question. I don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> Where's uh, what's been your most favourite set? So you've said you've probably been abroad and done video sets. Yeah. What's been one way you've just been like, wow, or you've been at a certain place and it's yeah. The day when I thought, right, this is it, and I had a massive smile on my face, yeah. was I went to Geneva for the day, right. and I flew out to uh, Switzerland, working for Panasonic, and um, we do a lot of work for Panasonic and this particular device, so we go on various locations, and this one was probably the best one ever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we were filming this device uh, being used by EasyJet and Swiss Air, at Geneva Airport. We were going to do it at Gatwick, but it got moved to Geneva. And I, went, I can remember thinking, wow, this is going to be just ace. Yeah. You know, I'm working yeah. and I'm getting paid. Yeah. And uh, I went with a colleague and we did the usual stuff. You know, we, it, it were all the, the same plan as if we were doing it next door. Mm -hmm. So you had to ask for permissions and check on security and all these kind of things. And we wrote a script and I knew the shots that I needed. And there were a very important shot that I needed showing this device being used by a pilot. And I asked permission and said, you know, before we set off, uh, for a guy down in uh, EasyJet and said, you know, I'd really like this shot. And Panasonic were pushing me to get this shot. And they said, no way. There's no way that you can go um, onto an aircraft yeah. and definitely not open the cabin and go and get that shot. So I said, right, okay. And I asked four or five times, which I did. And uh, I still got a no. <laughs> anyway, we, we left the house. I left the house at half past four. We're in here at half past five, Manchester Airport. We flew into Geneva and we went um, through security as normal people. Then we were greeted by the client and a, another team came up from London, um, from an agency. So there were other two guys come up from there. So there were four of us as a group. And we started doing this thing and grabbing the shots and we were like what they call airside. So you're actually on the tarmac. You've got air defenders on and all high-vis jackets on and stuff like that. And I'm going through and interviewing people and just doing, working as magic really. And um, I knew that I had an opportunity to get that shot that I wanted. So I asked the guy and said, I need this shot. And I, we're all storyboarded and I pointed a picture and I said to him, this picture, I really could do with this shot. And he said, um, right, okay. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that he said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So cut a very long story short, we, there was a, a jet flying out to Marrakesh. We drove out to the jet that were taxiing. We went up the ladders. We were moving while we were walking while the ladders were still moving. I remember that. The guy in front of me opened the door. We climbed onto the jet, and I looked to my right, and there were all those passengers thinking it were these guys. And then the the pilot's door opened, and I was told that we only had um, twenty seconds to get the shot. And I thought, right, no, not twenty seconds. Two minutes. That were it. Yeah. Two minutes to get the shot. And. Uh, Tim, the camera guy, he's, I'm six foot tall, he's six two, and these places are tiny. So I stuck my head in, had a quick look, gave the guy the device, and uh, wielded Tim. Tim got the shots, and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm looking at everybody else thinking, what's going on? We've got every coloured lanyard around his neck, <laughs> but they don't know what's going on. Yeah. So he gets the shot, and then I grabbed Tim and pulled him out, and as soon as we went onto the steps, the door closed behind us, and, <laughs> and this thing went off. And the um, young lady who was our like chaperone. She said, right, never, never do that again. <laughs> so I said, what have I done? And she said, you've just held that aircraft back by two seconds. I and I said, yeah, I know, but it's only two seconds. She said, you don't want to know how much that costs. 
and said no. So she gave me a little bit bollocking. Yeah. But I got the shot. Yeah. And it makes yeah. the video. Yeah. So exactly. that was a brilliant day. Yeah. And I went back in bed by like two o'clock. Yeah. You know, that same morning, yeah. the following morning. So that was that was one of those highlights. Mm. And I milked that story, and I still do. Yeah. Because that was the day that I thought that yeah, I've made it. Nice, nice. So, you've done this for a long time now. Um, if you could go back, say, till you're eighteen, yeah, and you could be anything, any dream job, what would it be? Can we go back to sixteen? Sixteen, because I've decided by eighteen. <laughs> yeah, sixteen. Sixteen. So you might you just more or less leaving school, I think. Yeah, I did. Yeah, left so, school. Well, I got my place at college. Yeah. So I, I was going to art college, yeah. but I always wanted to be a copper. I always wanted to be a police yeah. officer. And I just always, I don't know why. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to be, not clean up the streets or silly yeah. like that, but I wanted to be part of the community. Yeah. And I thought it was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, you know, from being probably 14 to 16, should I go to college or should I pursue a career with police? Mm -hmm. If I had a dream job though, I've got two, I've actually got two, and they're really, really odd. I'd like to be a florist. <laughs> My mum's a florist. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to be a florist. Yeah. My mum used to have a, uh, a yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah, and my daughter used to be a florist and stuff like yeah. that. I've always had this, sounds really odd, but I've had a, an appeal to, yeah. I just love flowers. <laughs> and then the other one, which is completely off the wall, is um, I'd like to be a funeral director. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't know why. Well, florists and funeral directors, have a bit in common with the funeral work. You know what it is? It's the people thing. It's the people yeah. skill. Yeah. I'm very good at putting people at ease and then yes. and making yeah. them be themselves. Yeah. And I think that comfort, mm. that being in the right place and being conducting yourself with respect and all that, probably that. Yeah. I also look great in black. <laughs> <laughs> right, so sort of close it up a bit. If you could write one quote or something on a piece of paper, to leave behind, um, what would it be? So, to your family, friends, children. Yeah. Piece of paper, one sentence, one quote. This is the only thing that I wrote down, really, because I wasn't yeah. sure, because it threw me a little bit, and I thought, yeah. right, I've got to really get this yeah. right. So, I'd put thank you. Yeah. Um, and I loved every second. Yeah. And if I had a chance to do it again, I would. Yeah. So, that would be it. I think it's important to give thanks. Yes. To be, you know, to give gratitude, yeah, yeah. and I have genuinely, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I think I've been lucky. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot to do. Yeah. And I'm still here for, you know, yeah. for, for yeah, long yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a, a question what I just like to ask everyone because it always intrigues me. Some people say different things. Some people like yeah. the quote. Yeah. Uh, like my granddad, it was. Uh, I've actually got a tattoo on my arm of it. What he said. Um, Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Right. And uh, yeah, I like just that. always, yeah. No matter what, just keep dancing. Keep yeah. Through, yeah. Sort of, yeah. So. It's quite. It, it's. I always ask that question. It is. It's a great question, and it and it brings emotion. Yeah, it does. It yeah. really does. Yeah. You know, and I am very emotional kind of guy anyway. Yeah. So I, when I read that, I thought, oh, right. and it, and you, it it promotes that, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does, yeah. I think it's it's a great question because I think it shows who you are, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I like. It's not relevant to that, but you're like, I've got an um, opening line on my arm as a tattoo of Jerusalem. Right. Because I like that, I like, you know, the hymn. Yeah. But I like, you know, what it, what it stands for. Mm -hmm. And 
I had another idea, but I thought, right, I can't I possibly have on my body. But I've always liked that phrase that says, um, it's the early bird that catches the worm. Yes, yeah. But it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. Right. Just think about that. I can't. I don't, I don't get it. So a mouse trap. Yeah. First mouse comes. Yeah. Goes for the cheese. Oh, right. Slap. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But the second guy comes, cheese is still there. Cheese is still Dead there. easy. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked that. I used to have that on my dog. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Right, that's been amazing. Absolute pleasure. Thank you much. You're very welcome. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Good. All right. Good. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, people. Out there is currently looking for more business owners and founders to share their business and life stories to help and inspire others. If you'd like to be featured on the Out There podcast, please reach out to me by email. My email will be in the description below for you to find. The next episode will be released in just a few days, so please press the follow or hit the subscribe button to be notified. Have a great day, people, and thanks for listening.